You're listening to a podcast of the Sunday morning message from Grace Christian Church in the city of Cork on the beautiful south coast of Ireland. We hope and pray that it will be a blessing to you. Anybody know who that was singing? Marvin Gaye. And that's uh, Marvin Gaye. I don't know what the, the, the lady's name is, but they're singing a song called Ain't No Mountain High Enough. And of course, it's a love song. And it's all about that no matter how high the mountain, he's going to climb it to get to her. She's going to climb it to get to him. But I want to talk today about the mountains that you're facing for this new year ahead. And I suppose I want to try and encourage you, perhaps challenge you, and give us a little bit of vision about how you and I can climb the mountain that we're facing in 2019. Are you okay with that? Want to welcome Cafe Church watching on live stream downstairs. Good to have you with us as well, guys. And so we pray, Lord Jesus, that somehow something of heaven would touch earth in this place today. And the words that you recorded for us, the love letter of the Father to his children, would resonate in our hearts and our minds. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. I'm going to be talking about two well-known characters in the Bible, one guy in particular, and many of you may know the story, and it possibly is quite new to some as well here. I'm going to be looking at the book of Joshua, chapter 14, and looking at a few verses there. But as I begin, I've been thinking about this verse for a while, and the verse is from the book of Proverbs, and it says, it's easier to capture a walled city than to make up with a friend you've fallen out with. When relationships break down, to a degree people break down, that's my experience, and to get the relationship back in the right rhythm again, it's like a huge mountain you and I have to climb. I've never met any human being who hasn't had a fallout either in their marriage or with a friend or with a family member or perhaps even a work colleague and it can seem like you'll never get right again and perhaps some of us are here today and it looks like will I ever connect with that person that I care about again if only I had my time back. So we're all facing different mountains here. You might be 18 and your big mountain is an exam you've got to sit. Or you might be 80 and your big mountain is an operation you're going to have. We in this church cover the full spectrum. We have every age group, every background, every type of nationality and educational level and none. We have such a huge cross-section of people here. And yet we all face a mountain. Now the God who loves you and loves me didn't leave us on our own to try and figure it out for ourselves. He gave us his word. If you're new to a church like this, you might be going, what's his word? That's what we call the Bible. And the Lord gave us the Bible. It's like a love letter to us. It's a moral compass, but it contains narratives and historical accounts that can be relevant and real for your life tomorrow morning, Monday morning. On Blue Monday, God's word can speak life to our souls. Would anyone say amen? Amen. 
And so I want to maybe encourage you, challenge you a little bit in myself as we look at Joshua chapter 14. Uh, the context of this is it's two old comrades having a conversation with one another. And they had been slaves, like many of us were slaves. Okay, we weren't in chains physically, but we had chains in our minds. Mm. Are we chains in our hearts? Maybe we were in a toxic relationship and it was like slavery. Or maybe we had bought into a lie that destroyed our lives. Whatever our slavery was, they were slaves. They had been set free. They were with the children of God. And when they came to the promised land, these two guys were ready to go in and take over the land. But everyone else was afraid. And so the children of Israel wandered around for 40 years. And the Lord did that so that all that generation would die out. And when they were all dead, there were two guys from that generation still alive. And the Lord brought them back to the promised land. And they entered the promised land. And one of them was the main leader. His name was Joshua. And this book is called after him. But it's the other guy with him that I want to look at today. And they were in the promised land. And we're going to pick up on a conversation and I suppose the situation they were facing. And so may God bless his word to our souls. You can throw up the scripture on the screen in Cafe Church. So Caleb, that was one of them, said to Joshua, the leader. No, he had a Cork accent, okay? I can't help that. Remember 45 years ago how God spoke through Moses, asking us to go and spy out the promised land. And the two of us were ready to enter the land, but the other 10 spies, that's what they were called, would not go in. And so all the people, all the nation lost courage. But I continue to follow the Lord. And then Moses prophesied over me every place that your foot will touch shall be given to you and to your children forever. And now after all these years in the wilderness, I am still as strong at 85 today as I was back then. Anyone in their 80s say amen? As you can see, we don't have a huge amount of people in their 80s. But God bless those who are in their 80s. We give all those who are over 80 a round of applause. Respect! This is your future. I don't care what age you are. Look what he said. I am still as strong at 85 today as I was way back then. So let me go up. And take the mountain country that I can drive the enemy out and possess the land. So Joshua blessed Caleb. And he was successful at the age of 85. And he captured Hebron and the mountain country. Why? Because he followed the Lord wholeheartedly all the days of his life. Hallelujah. So Joshua blessed his friend of many years. Remember, 
they were the only two who had the vision about what life could be like. And everyone else was too afraid. Everyone else was saying, oh, no, no, you can't go in and take the promised land. The men are like giants in there. And they were ready to go in there, but no one else had the faith. I can imagine the two of them giving each other the eye, wandering around in the desert. And we were told that that generation were a generation of complainers. They constantly moaned and complained. And yet these two were different from their generation. Never be afraid to be different. If this generation is jumping off a cliff, you don't have to jump off a cliff. You can be who you really are, who God wanted you to be. And that's who they were. And I can imagine the two of them looking at each other when everyone else is moaning and groaning and they're going, oh, there's a better way to live life. And so finally, after all the years, they're in the promised land. That vision these two guys had many decades ago was coming to pass. And so we see that Caleb says to Joshua, remember 45 years ago how God spoke to us to spy out the land. You see, you and I need people in our lives who have faith. Amen. If you've got some faith in your heart, you need to hang out with other people who have faith. You see, Joshua and Caleb encouraged one another. It's like a ministry. One of the significant personalities in the New Testament, his name was Joseph of Cyprus, but they scrapped that name and they said, you know what? Now that you're a new creation, you're a Christian, we're going to call you Barnabas, which means the son of encouragement. And so they encouraged one another and the two of these would have looked out for one another. They had each other's back spiritually. And so here they are as old men. Remember now, both of them are well past 80. Now, if it was you and me, we'd be going, why don't you get a nice little deck chair and go over by the lock or down in Fitzgerald's Park or even the Atlantic Pond these days. Get your deck chair and sit down, Joshua and Caleb, and just take it easy. Take it easy. But you see, these weren't the kind of men who would retire. Michael was referencing it earlier with Breed um, moving on in ministry. Nobody re- There's no unemployment in the kingdom of God. Neither is there retirement because the Lord will always use us. It doesn't mean we don't recognize the rhythm of our life changing, but we never fully retire. There's always something to give and to bless and to encourage the other person in. So the two comrades are looking out for one another and they're having this conversation. And at the age of 85, Caleb has fire in his belly. He's not ready to hang up the clogs yet. It reminds me of what the Irish writer Samuel Beckett, interesting character, from Fox Rock in Dublin, lived in France, a contemporary of James Joyce, fought for the French resistance against the Nazis and so on. But I love what he wrote. Perhaps my best days are gone, but I wouldn't want them back. Not with the fire in me now. <laughs> love that quote. And that maybe is um, a secular quotation that gives us a bit of insight, bit of insight into Caleb. He had a 
fire in him and it was the fire of God and he was ready to do something wonderful. And so he said to Joshua, you and I had the faith to do it, to take over the promised land, but the others did not. And sometimes you're going to be at work or you're going to be in the family, maybe even in your marriage, and it's like you're the only one with the faith. You can see the potential. You know what? My life can change. My children's lives can change. In time, my children's children's life can change. I can see that God can do something wonderful in my life. And I need someone else who's got that bit of faith as well. Because this world is full of naysayers. What does that mean? A naysayer is someone who'll just throw cold water and tell you, no, you can't. I sound like Barack Obama, but yes, you can. If God is for you, who can be against you? Any amens? You might say, I heard that before. I don't care. We have to keep reminding ourselves that if we don't have the faith to obey what God through his Holy Spirit is saying, and if we don't surround ourselves with people who will build us up, we will end up like those who just give up. And there are hospitals across Cork and Ireland that are full of people who just gave up. God forbid that any of us would be like that. Let's not give up, brothers and sisters. The famous Christian leader, trainer, and author, John Maxwell, said it succinctly. Feed your faith. Starve your doubts. One of the ways you feed your faith is having friends who will feed your faith who will share their experience of how God has come through for them. And one of the ways you feed your faith is coming to a church that is life-giving. It's not going to take your life away. It's going to give you life. And you starve your doubts by being wise with who you and I hang out with and who you and I um, allow to speak into our lives. And so then... Uh, Caleb goes on to Joshua and he says, Moses prophesied over me saying, every place that your foot will touch shall be given to you and to your children forever. Hallelujah. This is such an incredible promise. Moses prophesied over him and every place that your foot will touch. And remember now, he had this prophecy probably around the age of 40. And here he is 45 years later, and it's actually starting to come to pass. Here's the thing. Some of us, if we don't have it 45 days later, we give up. We are an impatient generation. And I put my hands up because I, by my nature, am quite impatient. But God teaches us patience. And this man had the patience. He never lost the vision. That one day, literally, physically, every place that his foot will touch would become his inheritance. And not just his, but his children. And you can read about his daughter who got an inheritance. I'll mention at the end, but she got an inheritance and her inheritance didn't have a lot of water. And she had her father's spirit. She had that same fiery faith in her. And she came back to her dad and she said, Dad... Give me also springs of water that I might overflow. Hallelujah. 
You see, God's word is true, and it carried down the generations. And then Caleb makes a declaration to his old comrade Joshua, and he says, I am still as strong at 85 today as I was back then. Now, did that mean he could outrun a 20-year-old? Of course it didn't. Did that mean his skin was as elastic as a 16-year-old? No. That's not what it means. He's still as strong. You see, so much of it is your attitude and my attitude. His attitude was, God can use me. And he wasn't ready to just sit in a deck chair and fall asleep forever. He knew God had a vision and a purpose for him. Anyone say amen? And God has a vision and a purpose for you. And you might say, ah, but I'm only, I don't know, I only work in a cafe or I just clean the streets or I'm just a car mechanic or I just work in a call center. God has a vision and a plan for your life and only you can fulfill what God wants to do. Hallelujah. And then he comes out with this great statement of faith. Oh, let me go up and take the mountain country so I can drive the enemy out and possess the land. I love this because Caleb was facing a mountain, physically. You're facing a mountain. In my experience, in many decades of being a pastor, everyone has a big prayer. Everyone has a mountain. If it's not for you personally, it's for someone you love. Whether it is an exam at 18 or an operation at 80, everyone has a big mountain, and he was facing the mountain. And the mountain looks huge when you're facing it. But he said, let me take it, number one, so I can drive the enemy out. Some of us here need to drive the evil one out of our lives. It's not that we've invited him in, but somehow he's got in. Maybe to a relationship. Maybe to an attitude. Maybe with a habit that has come in. And we need to drive the enemy out. Who'll say Amen. But not only that, he wanted to possess the land. What I love about this is it was win-win. Now, you might say, oh, what about the poor people who were living there? The poor people who were living there were as evil as they come, literally murdering, burning their children alive over fires to uh, demon gods and so on. But he wanted to possess the land, and it blessed not just Caleb and his family, but it really did bless him personally, individually, and his family, but it blessed all of the people of God. It blessed the whole nation, because if Caleb captured the hill country, the mountain country, it was added in to the land of Israel, so that the whole collective community was blessed as well as the individual. And that's the way God works. You see, it's not just all about the big community. And it certainly is not just all about the individual. It's about both. And when the wider body of believers is blessed, the individual is blessed. And when the individual is blessed, the wider body of believers is blessed. Now remember when Caleb and Joshua were going through the wilderness, God wasn't punishing them. That's not what was going on. He was preparing them. And maybe you're listening to me today and you're in a bit of a wilderness and you're going, what's that ball fella getting all excited about? Well, you know what? Maybe God is preparing you. But we're all facing a mountain of some description. 
And so he faced the mountain. And at the age of 85, he led an army that went up to take that mountain. And we're told in verse 14 that he was successful and he captured the mountain even though he was age 85. Hallelujah! I would love, if God spares me at the age of 85, I would love to go to a town or a village and say, Let's take this village, let's take this town, let's take this suburb, let's take this block of apartments, let's pray around it, let's reach out to the people in there, and let's see people come to faith in Jesus Christ. I would love to see this city transformed so that you walk into Debenhams and people don't say, how's it going? They go, praise the Lord, hallelujah. Imagine Cork like that. You go into a restaurant and you look around the big restaurant and everybody is giving thanks for the meal before they eat. Whereas now as Christians you go in and someone says, let's give thanks and you're going, thank you Lord. You're saying, will the waiter see me? Those people are going to say, who are those weirdos over there? Can you imagine that kind of a transformation in our city? Hallelujah. So that's what it was like. He was facing this mountain. If you want to do a little bit of further reading, Numbers chapter 13 will tell you about what's called the 12 spies. You can read in Numbers 14 how the people of Israel, the Israelites, almost killed Caleb. Why? Because he was so full of faith. And sometimes even in Christian churches, if someone is on fire for God, someone else will get jealous or threatened because they're bringing you beyond your comfort zone and they'll try and not kill you physically, but kill your reputation, kill your good name. I can remember once being in a church many decades ago and the guy started on the guitar and I started clapping and one of the leaders said, stop clapping your hands. And I was mortified inside in the meeting. And I said, why is that? And he came up with some bizarre scripture. I still haven't found it. <laughs> he did. Something about um, a sheep muddying the waters for the other sheep. I was like, what? And I remember saying, but enter his gates with? And come into his courts with? And you know what he said? Ah, yeah, but we don't really read that scripture. We read the other one. Sometimes they will try and suffocate what God might be doing in your life. Neither Caleb or Joshua died in the desert. One of the big towns they captured in the Bible is known as Kiriath Arba. Today that is Hebron, which is the capital of the Palestinian quasi-independent West Bank state. Hebron. And you can look it up on the map and it's up high in the hills. It's quite cold there this time of year. It's up so high. Caleb's daughter who said, give me also springs of water. Her name was Aska. You can read about her in Joshua 15. And Caleb never went with the crowd he went with the Lord hallelujah you see a hundred years ago the crowd in Ireland said it's okay for a 12 year old girl to marry a middle aged man no problem that's what the crowd said 70, 80 years ago, the crowd in Germany said it's okay to have Hitler rule us he's a man of vision and today people are saying, it's okay to kill your unborn baby because it might be a bit inconvenient. No problem at all. Don't go with the crowd. Go with the Lord. Can I hear a louder amen? amen. 
have the courage of your convictions and follow what God says and forget what the crowd says. Sometimes the crowd will be in on it and sometimes they won't. Here's the truth. The crowd is fickle. It'll change with the weather. But the word of God never changes. He is the same yesterday and forever. And that's a good thing because we can stand on the rock that is Jesus Christ and not uh, live our lives and have a moral compass that is just fashion. Fashion comes and goes. So brothers and sisters, as I come to a conclusion, because I want us to pray, what is your mountain? And equally, what's your handicap? Caleb's handicap was his age. He's 85. You're too old. You should be retired. Sure, he probably has Alzheimer's or whatever they were saying. But every one of us has a handicap, might be on the outside, might be in our heads, it might be in our hearts, and I don't have to list out the handicaps, there are many, but I have one, and you have one, and we can either let that handicap rule us, yeah, well, I suffer from depression, or I've had a, a weakness with uh, alcohol, or I'm really struggling sexually, or I find it very difficult to make friends and trust people, whatever it is. There are handicaps and there are mountains. And you can sit there today and you can have a good laugh at me, I don't care. But what you're doing is you're throwing cold water on your future. Or for this new year of 2019, you can say, I see the mountain, I see the handicap, but more importantly, I see Jesus Christ. And I will take the mountain. Every place that your foot and my foot will touch will be given to us. This is the promise for those who love and follow the Lord with all their hearts. And we will possess the land and we will drive out the enemy by God's strength and by his grace. So if you want to pray for your mountain and to overcome your handicap, we're going to give you the opportunity. Could the band come up? We're going to sing that fantastic song. How oh, never once did the Lord leave you or me on our own. And it starts with that fantastic line. Standing on this mountaintop. By the end of this year, by God's grace, you'll be standing on a mountaintop. Can you, can you get a vision of that? Can you just grasp a little glimpse of what it would be like? Whether it is an exam or something in your career, or a marriage, or a friendship, or a ministry, or your health. Have you a handicap? Welcome to the club. We all have handicaps. But the God I know helps us to overcome our handicaps. Let's stand, not before me, before the Lord. We throw the words up there, standing on this mountaintop. If you are to look back at just how much God has already done, Let's have faith for what he can do. Let's sing it and then we'll pray. Standing on this mountain top, looking just how far we've come, knowing that for every step you were with us, kneeling on this battleground, seeing just how much you've done, knowing every victory is your power. Us. Scars and struggles on the way, 
but with joy our hearts can sing. Yes, our hearts can. Never once did we ever walk alone. Never once did you leave us on our own. You are faithful, God. You are faithful. You are faithful, God. You are faithful. How many people here have a mountain? got to own it. If you're going to be polite, that's fine, but you're not going to. If you've got a mountain, lift up your lift up your left hand. Lift up your left hand if you're facing a mountain this year. And it mightn't even be you. It could be someone you love and care about. Keep that hand up. How many people here know that there's a handicap in their experience or in their life? Lift up your right hand if you know there's a handicap. You mightn't want to, but I'm going to invite those who've put up their hands to come to the top. We're going to ask God's Holy Spirit to move. We've seen healing in body, in mind, and in soul this week. I know we're going to see it again right now. So we're going to sing Standing on this Mountaintop. Let's sing it again, and I'm asking you to leave your seat and come to the top if you feel comfortable with that. And maybe the prayer and care team could come up and help us pray once the guys are up. Let's come. Standing. Standing on this mountain top, looking just how far we've come, knowing that for every step you were with us, kneeling on this battleground, seeing just how much you've done, knowing every victory is your power in us. Scars and struggles on the way, but with joy our hearts can sing. Yes, our hearts can sing. Never once did we ever walk alone. Never once did you leave us on our own. You are on this battleground if you're physically able to do it I'm going to kneel as we face this new year if you're able to kneel join us it's one of the outward attitudes of worship reflecting what's in our hearts if you can't kneel don't be don't be embarrassed it's okay so we're on our knees just feel the Lord is saying straight away just a word of knowledge for someone someone has been sold a lie Someone you trusted has lied to you. And you've come in here and your faith is really dented because of a lie that was spoken to you. And I just believe the Holy Spirit wants to really minister to that person. So with every eye on stage and off stage closed, let's give that person a bit of privacy. Can you lift up your hand if that's you? I need to know that someone identifies with it. Okay, my love. Okay, I can see two people. So I'm just going to ask with every eye closed, would you just lift your hands just before your, 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 your head, just to the Lord. Come Holy Spirit, come into both of these lives. 
And whatever that lie was, that is, after being so detrimental to my two sisters, so destructive. Father, we know that the evil one is the father of lies, but you are the father of truth. And whom the Son sets free is free indeed. So may Jesus of Nazareth come into both your lives in a fresh and an invigorating and a healing way. And may his name be like ointment poured forth into that pain and into that lie. And I pray that God would give you strength to trust again, to be wiser, but to be able to trust again in Jesus' name. May his angels come around you now and pour out, as it were, his unction of the Holy Spirit upon you. In Jesus' name and God's people said, praise God. Thank you, ladies. Thank you. So we're going to pray about the mountain and pray about the handicap. I want to pray about the handicap first. Whatever it is, let's do business here on our knees. Would you put it in the palm of your hands and lift it up to the Lord? Just lift up that handicap. For some of us, it's our health, mentally or physically, or it's a relationship that's breaking our hearts. And for some of us, it's work or college or school. Maybe it's a ministry, maybe even it's legal. Jesus, would you help us to be like Caleb and give us something of his spirit, something of his attitude to say, even though I'm divorced, even though I was an alcoholic, even though I had this in my life, I am able to possess the land. So give that vision and that courage and that faith into my brothers and sisters to overcome their handicap in Jesus' name. And for the mountain that we're going to climb. I'm going to ask that you stand, guys. Let's stand. And for this, I'm going to ask that you would put your hand over your heart, your physical heart. Oh, God, give courage. As we look at that mountain in front of us, for us or for our loved ones, maybe it's cancer. Maybe it's a marriage that there's no hope in. Maybe it's a son or a daughter who's gone far. Maybe, oh God, it's a dead-end job. Lord, I don't know, but you know. And so into that mountain, as we face it now, it looks huge. But may heaven touch earth today. And I pray into this heart that we are touching now, that we would have courage and we would have faith. And that right now, this very second, we would take the first step and we would begin to climb that mountain, not in our strength, but in the strength of Jesus of Nazareth. And so, God, I pray that for everyone who's had the humility and the courage to leave their seat, I pray into your life now, every place that your foot shall tread, shall touch, may it be given to you in the year of 2019. Come, Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name. And God's people said, believe the Lord would say, I saw someone who was on an old bus and you were going really slow and it was like the hand of God stopping it 
and trying to get you to come out and to say, the way you've been traveling is so slow and the Lord wants to give you a better vehicle. I'm just going to leave it there. He wants you to have the faith to see You're saying, your faith, in other words, is too small. And God is saying, I'm way bigger than that mountain you're called to climb. And the Lord is saying, it's like being on an old crocky bus, and I'm going to give you a Ferrari, and you're going to speed ahead. So the Lord wants to challenge you. Michael. just want to share something that I just feel God put in my heart as Tom was preaching. You know, when Paul is writing to the Galatian church, he says to them, you were running such a good race. Who cut in on you and derailed you in your race? You know, I just feel this morning, there are people here this morning who are discouraged because they feel like they've fallen again or they've lost their place in the race or that they're, they're confused about what to do next. Do I go back to the start? What do I do next? I just feel the Lord wants to say to you this morning, start where you left off. Don't, you're not back to the start. You're not defeated. You're not beaten. Where you fell, stand up and go again. You are not back to the start. I just think it's a word of wisdom for some people here this morning just to clear the confusion from your head and from your heart start where you left off God bless you hallelujah one last prayer if you are over 70 and I know we have a few and you're saying to yourself is my life over has God anything for me to do I want to specifically pray for you this morning that you wouldn't lose hope and that God would give you a fresh vision for the years he has ahead of you on this earth. So if you're up for it and you're over 70, would you just put up your hand? Maybe you don't want people to know your age. Okay, I think we have one or two. Could I ask the other people to go to their seats but remain standing? And just I want to pray for those because we're always praying for young people in our church, teenagers and young adults, but we're a church across the generations. I think we've only got two people in the church three who are over 70 would anyone be willing to pray with these guys we have roger myra and we've john murray as well here john you make your way up let's come and pray if you're on the prayer and care team or if you know these guys we want to pray that nobody would say i'm too old hallelujah as michael anoints each one with the oil we pray For John Murray, for Myra Linehan, and for Roger Skillington. We pray the word of your scripture would be true in their lives. The glory of the latter house would be greater than the glory of the former house. May my sister and brothers be like Caleb of old. And when they reach the age of 85, that they would inspire us all and say, God has been good to me. Let's go up and take this mountain. So come Holy Spirit and anoint Roger and Myra and John. And we pray you would anoint their physical bodies. Who'll say amen? We pray you would anoint their minds. Who'll say amen? And above all, anoint their hearts in Jesus' name. Come Holy Spirit. Give them dreams tonight. And may they become even more famous in the years ahead for their faith and for their love of Jesus. And we leave them in your care. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God, amen. Thank you, Roger, Myra, and John.
I'm going to ask the prayer and care team who are on duty today to just come up to the top. If you're here to pray today, we've got Gloria and Theodore, we've got Puvaneswari, and we've got Paddy, and we've got Juvie. So if you'd like to have any personal prayer, the guys are here to pray with you uh, for the next while. In the meantime, we've got coffee and tea upstairs in the atrium as well. The band are just going to play for a couple of minutes as we make our way out. But do avail of prayer if you need it. God bless each one of you, and thank you for coming. John.